Hello, welcome to another story about the Peters family. The name of this week's story is Patience's Persistent Lie. As always, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week, we were on hiatus because my daughter, who edits the podcast, had a baby. So we took a break. Therefore, we didn't have a story, but this week, we're back to normal. Now, it's time for this week's story, Patience's Persistent Lie. We're going to the Hicks house today, Mama Peters announced at the breakfast table. Yay, Mama Peters! What's the occasion? Penelope asked. It was the middle of the week, and they usually stayed home, or pretty close to it, on school days. I'm glad you asked, darling. Mrs. Hicks and I have been brainstorming about starting a co-op for local homeschoolers. For now, though, we'll start planning for field trips in the coming months. Then in the fall, the Lord willing, we'll be able to launch a full co-op. We're putting our heads together and hope to get some of the planning underway today. So all of that to say, you'll be taking your schoolwork with you and trying to get as much done as possible at the Hicks' home. Oh, wow, that sounds great, Mama Peters. Getting our schoolwork done with Todd is so much better than getting it done without Todd, Pearson declared excitedly. I agree, Penelope affirmed. And Priscilla and Patience, you can go and play with Bear and Ruthie. You'll have a good time, too. Mama Peters turned to the twins, who were already excited. But for now, I want to do some family worship. Then we'll brush our teeth and get ready to go. Mama Peters opened her Bible to their current passage, Proverbs 12, as did the children who followed suit. Pearson, will you read verse 22? We finished verse 21 yesterday, so let's read 22 and talk about it. Pearson read, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Thanks, Pearson. Now let's unpack this. First, what is an abomination? Mama Peters asked. I know. At Sunday school, my teacher Mrs. Palm said it's something that causes total disgust. Disgust. Penelope, let's slow down our cadence here, okay? Mama Peters interjected. Okay, Mama Peters, I'll try. She said that abomination is so strong that it means that someone hates it. She says that lima beans are almost an abomination to her, but even that is a little too strong. So she said things like crimes against babies are truly abominable crimes. She said that in order for something to be an abomination, it, it has to be something that, that God hates, and not just something that we hate, which is why lima beans don't count. Penelope smiled at the memory of Mrs. Palm telling the class about her abhorrence of lima beans. Oh, that's so helpful. I appreciate how Mrs. Palm elucidated and showing the distinction between something that we find an abomination and something that the Lord finds an abomination. So yes, an abomination is something that is disgusting to God. So lying lips, those are disgusting to the Lord. Let me ask you then, if I lie, am I disgusting to the Lord? Mama Peters wanted to know. Well, it sure says that. Pearson's voice trailed off in a lack of confidence. So let me talk about that for a moment, Mama Peters said, picking up where Pearson had left off. I've been saved for a very long time. To be saved, I must believe that Jesus is God, that I'm a sinner without any hope of coming near to God without Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sins, and I must repent of my sins. I have done those things, 
I love Jesus. I hate my sin more and more every day. And as I grow in the Lord, I find more ways that I sin that I previously hadn't noticed. When Jesus saved me, I became a new creation in Christ, and old things have passed away, and all things are new, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, I'm no longer a slave to my flesh. When I tell a lie, it's different now that I know Jesus, because I feel sad over it. It should hurt my heart. It didn't hurt before I was saved, but now it hurts. The Bible says that before I was saved, I was defined by my sin. In other words, if I lied a lot, then I was a liar because I was a slave to sin. But now the difference is, if I tell a lie, I'm not defined by my sin. Jesus covered every single rotten sin of mine at the cross. Living in repentance means I come to God and confess my sin and turn to it. Because remember what 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe what you say, Mama Peters, but but I have a hard time with worrying. Does God look at me like I'm a worrier? Penelope queried. No, Pen, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. But you will grow in grace and knowledge and truth. Of course, God still hates lying, and that's the point. God hates all sin and he hates lying lips, but that means a pattern of lying. But we mustn't forget the rest of the verse. What does God love here? Pearson looked down at his Bible. It says that the faithful are his delight. And what does it mean to be faithful, Pearson? Mama Peters followed up. To stick with something, like when you say we need to be faithful friends, we need to stick with friends, Pearson responded. Well, yes, that's one aspect of faithfulness. But in this verse, Faithfulness is juxtaposed with truth. So in this case, what does faithfulness mean? Hmm, um, let me think about that for a second, Mama Peters, Pearson replied. Pearson furrowed his brow and thought for a second or two. Well, it must mean the opposite of lying. Exactly, Pearson. And what's the opposite of lying? It's telling the truth. Mama Peters nodded her head in agreement. Yes, Pearson, the opposite of telling lies is telling the truth, and God takes delight in those who are truthful. Someone who loves Jesus loves the truth, and God delights in that person. How are some good ways to show that we love the truth? I don't know, Mama Peters, Penelope answered after a few seconds of thinking. Me either. Maybe by just telling the truth all the time? Pearson sounded hesitant. Yes, when we tell the truth in all things, we show that we love the truth as God loves the truth. We chafe against lies and we see injustice in lying and we don't like it, Mama Peters explained. You mean like the time I asked the neighbor how his cat got to be black and he said he got black from eating coal and I didn't believe him and it was hard for me not to be angry because he wouldn't tell me the truth, Pearson recalled. Oh, yes, I remember that. Of course, he was just playing with you, but you were just a toddler, and he didn't realize he was exasperating you. But that's a good example, Mama Peters concurred. The bottom line is, we need to not just hate lies, but to take joy in the truth, just as God does. And with those words, Mama Peters concluded 
And the five of them began singing their hymn of the month, What a Wonderful Savior. And while their voices were certainly not perfect, Mama Peters always reminded them that they were singing in worship to the Lord and that that should be their goal. And so they let their voices sing loudly, no matter how much they clashed with one another. After reciting their verses for the week, Anne instructed her four children to finish getting ready for their day. After they had arrived at the Hicks's house and were fully unloaded and sitting down with their studies, Mama Peters excused herself to chat with Mrs. Hicks at the table. They began working on their field trip plans as Patience, Priscilla, Bear, and Ruthie played on the floor in the adjoining room. While Todd, Pearson, and Penelope sat at the coffee table and worked on math, Dude! I solved it! Yo, bro! I got it! Todd exclaimed. You got what, Todd? Pearson nearly jumped out of his skin after having sat quietly doing his math. I finally just got it! I, I had to figure out all the prime, the prime factors and multiply them. Dude, it was long! Nice work, bro, Pearson congratulated him. And so the afternoon went, with intermittent exclamations from Todd with nearly every victory in problem solving. It was late afternoon when Mama Peters announced that it was time to go. Pearson, Penelope, and the twins felt sad inside, but knew it was important to obey Mama Peters with a happy heart. And so they gathered their things. The twins with their pink backpacks asked for help putting them on, and they were soon on their way to their house. Once at home, Mama Peters remarked that she would take the twins upstairs for a quick nap before dinner. She held their hands as they ascended the steps and walked down the hall to their bedroom. Girlies, I want you to take a sip of water before you go down for naps, Mama Peters said as she unzipped their backpacks and pulled out their water bottles. However, as her hand dangled down in Patience's backpack, it hit on an object that was unfamiliar to Mama Peters. She pulled it out of the backpack. Patience? What's this? It was a miniature doll that Mama Peters knew did not belong to them. Patience's face turned red, and she squirmed around a bit as she looked at the doll. Mama Peters repeated the question. Patience? What is this? It's a dolly, Patience responded. Baby girl, I can see it's a dolly, but where'd you get it? That's Ruthie's dolly! Priscilla injected herself into the conversation. Ah, I see. Mama Peters turned her attention back to Patience. Honey, how did Ruthie's dolly get into your new pink backpack? I don't know, Mama Peters. Maybe, maybe it fell in. How did it fall into your backpack? Mama Peters tried to maintain a peaceful tone, despite her suspicions. I don't know. Playing with the toys and maybe it just fell in. Patience maintained. The twins had always been very verbal, and even though clearly Patience wasn't being forthright, it was difficult for Mama Peters not to crack a smile at her explanation. Patience, remember the Lord hates lying lips. We talked about that in our morning worship. You need to be truthful. How did the toy get into your backpack? I was playing toys with Ruthie, and she maybe she wanted me to have it, and maybe she was making a surprise for me, and maybe she knowed I'd like it, and maybe she knowed it was kind to give it to me. Patience. I don't believe she put it in the backpack. Mama Peters was not mincing words this time. Ruthie's so kind, Mama Peters. Patience was not to be deterred, and kept up her lie. All right then, Patience. I'm going to call Mrs. Hicks and ask Ruthie if she stuck it in your backpack. 
Well, maybe, maybe it wasn't Ruthie. It, it, it was Bear. Patience persisted. So now you think Bear stuck it in your backpack? Well, Bear's so nice, Mama Peters. I know Bear is nice. So I'm going to call and ask Mrs. Hicks if Bear put it in the backpack. And if he didn't, and Ruthie didn't, are you ready to accept blame for this? Well, maybe Prissy did it, Patience suggested. How do you know Priscilla took it, Mama Peters asked. I don't know, but it wasn't me, and she loved the doll. Patience, Priscilla didn't do it. And though I'm happy to call Mrs. Hicks, I would prefer not to go on a wild goose chase. I'd like you to simply tell the truth. But I can see for the moment that you're determined not to tell the truth. So it's a good idea that we pray that God would change your heart and cause you to honor him with your lips. Patience swallowed hard and knew that the chickens were coming home to roost. She agreed with Mama Peters to bow her head and pray. Lord God, we are so thankful that you love and delight in the truth. We are thankful that when we're saved, we also love the truth. And we understand, Lord, that Patience and Priscilla are young and they're not saved yet. But even in their pagan ways, we ask you to convict Patience's heart to tell the truth. We know you can cause her to feel sad about her sin. And I ask that you cause her to feel devastated by it and that you would soften her heart so that she will be determined to be truthful no matter what the consequences. God, please give her courage in this and help her to honor you and us in this way and cause it to be a watershed moment in her young life. And even at her young age, cause her to be resolved to honor you with the rest of her life. Let her heart be fertile soil for the work of the gospel in her life and prepare her, O oh Lord, please, to receive the Holy Spirit, we ask this for both Patience and Priscilla, knowing that you are the God who works wonders and has the power to save and will do as you determine without any interference from man or circumstances. I ask you for wisdom in dealing with these little ones. We love you, God. Amen. When Mama Peters looked up, she saw that Patience's eyes were still closed, but she saw moisture on her cheeks. And like small raindrops, tears were streaming down her chubby face. Mama Peters felt her own heart swell with emotion and knew immediately that God had done the work that she had asked him to do. God had softened the heart of her nearly three-year-old daughter, and Mama Peters silently praised him. Paish, so would you tell me what happened with the doll? Mama Peters gently asked. I put the dolly in my backpack, Mama Peters. She was so pretty, and I love her. I lied. I, I know it was wrong. I lied. Patience's tears continued to flow. Priscilla walked over and put her arms tightly around her sister and said repeatedly, It's okay, Paige. It's okay. Don't cry. No, no more. Don't, don't cry. It's okay. With eyes filled with love, Mama Peters looked at her daughters. Priscilla, it's good to cry and grieve over our sin. And Patience is doing just that. And Patience, I'm so thankful you told me the truth. You saw the doll and it appealed to you. And that's called lust of the flesh. 
And that's what coveting means. You saw it and you wanted it and so you took it. Unlawfully, you stole it and instead of acknowledging your sin in humility, you tried to conceal your sin and so you added sin to sin with lies. But thankfully, God mercifully softened your heart and caused you to confess. And now you need to repent. You need to be sorry enough for your sin to hate it and forsake it. With childlike earnestness, Patience responded, I hate it, Mama Peters. I want to give it back. And you will, Patience. But you also need to be disciplined. I must be obedient to what Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen, and 14 says. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. It's my sad but spiritual duty to honor the Lord in disciplining you. I must spank you and trust that God will do a work through our discipline. Maybe soften your heart to understand sin and its consequences and teach you to turn away from your sin. Moreover, patience, you will have to go to the Hicks's house and return the doll and speak to them about what happened. Okay, honey? Mama Peters's heart was breaking as she held Patience's soft, pudgy fingers. Okay, Mama Peters, can I get the spanks now? Patience asked. And Mama Peters commenced with the discipline, praying and hugging Patience quickly thereafter. And then, instead of waiting so as to prolong the discipline, Mama Peters decided to drive Patience to the Hicks's house immediately and have her confess her sin. And to be sure, the Hicks readily forgave Patience and were ever so gracious, even offering the doll to Patience to keep. Mama Peters had had a sneaky suspicion that the Hicks might offer the doll to Patience, so she and Patience had agreed beforehand that they would not accept the offer. In the end, the whole event hadn't lasted longer than 30 minutes, but it was enough to truly be a watershed moment in the life of Patience. And Mama Peters understood that it was a moment when she should not stand in the way of any of the Lord's gracious work in the life of her little one. She knew that to do so might hinder the gospel from landing in the soft soil of a broken heart. And so she had a front row seat to see how the Spirit was moving in their family through repentance and restoration. This is Grandmom's Corner. When I was in the third grade, I took a disliking to another student, a boy, in my class. Whenever our teacher would teach a new recess or classroom game, she would preface it by asking if any of us had played the game before. This particular boy, to whom I'd taken a disliking, always raised his hand to claim that he knew how to play the game. And for some reason, that bugged me to no end. Certainly my attitude was wrong, and my annoyance was rooted in sin. But at the time, that didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was that I doubted his truthfulness. I mean, there is no way he had heard of every new game the teacher introduced, and I made it my business to set him up. I can practically hear those listening to this podcast asking how anyone could be so petty. And I agree with you. For one thing, I acted quite superior. And for another thing, it wasn't up to me to try to ferret out the truth. He was just a seven-year-old kid, as was I. Anyway, I took it upon myself to catch him in a lie. So one day, as we stood in line waiting to go outside for recess, and the teacher introduced a new game and asked her usual question, Have any of you played this game before? And of course, 
The boy's hand shot up and I had my opening. I put my plan in place and questioned, hey, and I called out his name. Have you ever heard of the game Blue Sky? Naturally, he answered with a resounding yes, and I pounced. In a gloating manner, I triumphantly stated, no you haven't, because it's not a real game. Now my fellow classmate wasn't truthful when he raised his hand to demonstrate that he knew the game the teacher mentioned, every game that the teacher mentioned, but it wasn't my job to root it out. Luke 6.42 says, Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite! First take out the log of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. In other words, I was so consumed in catching my classmate in a lie that I ignored that I was enjoying the fact that he was sinning by lying. When Mama Peters caught Patience in a lie, she disciplined Patience out of love for her. On the other hand, I didn't care about my classmate, but I cared that he knew that I knew he was lying. I displeased God by gloating over having caught him in a lie and being gleeful about it and not minding my own business rather than trusting God's spirit to convict my classmate of sin. Even now, in retelling the story for all of you, I cringed over how nosy and unkind I was. But praise God for His forgiveness and mercy over such foolishness. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another story about the Peters family. Bye for now.